All right, if you have your Bibles, please stay in. That's right. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask that you would pray as I pray, uh, that God would just open up his word. Um, but then also um, during this time of prayer that we get our minds and our hearts right also. Um, there's so many things that can distract you, but God wants to talk to you. God wants to give you strength today through his word. So as I pray, I ask that you pray also. Our Heavenly Father, I praise you, God. Uh, you're the only God. You're the true God, living God. And I praise you, Lord. Lord, forgive me of all my sins, Father, as I bring your word. Uh, not me speak, but you speak, Father. Bless your people. Help your people, Father. I love you and I thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. All right, so tonight... We're going to talk about, and Lord willing, for the next couple Wednesdays, um, tonight we're going to talk about what is truth. What is truth? Now, you might say that's a pretty easy answer, but honestly, sometimes you'd be surprised at what we think may be truth based on what we believe or what we see. And I think it's important now that we understand what truth is and how to discern what is truth. Uh, we have a day and age to where we can click on so many different resources. And someone says, this is true. That is true. So how do we know what truth is? If you have your Bibles, turn to John 14, 6. This is a verse that many Christians would know, but I think it's good for us to break this thing down and to see what Jesus says of himself. John 14, verse number 6. John 14, verse 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So we see Jesus saying this. Now, a little context, what's going on? So on the last night before he's being betrayed and his death, Jesus was preparing his disciples for what they were going to face in the days of hell. They had followed Jesus. They had listened to him. They saw his teachings. They saw his example. But they just didn't understand how Jesus was going to bring this deliverance. They had questions. And you can see in verse number five, Thomas says, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? So they had questions. How do we know the way? So let's break this verse down on what Jesus is saying about himself. This very first statement, I am. This right here is a very intense way of referring to yourself. It's like saying, I, myself, and only I am. So Jesus was saying, only me, only myself. Amen. Then he says, the way. You see, he distinguishes himself as the only way. We live in a society that tells us there's multiple ways, but Jesus is saying that he is the only way. A way is a path or a route. So the disciples had concerns. Jesus, where are you going? How can I follow you? Then he boldly tells them, I am the only way. 
follow me. Then he says this, the truth. Jesus right here designates himself as the only truth. The only absolute truth. The source of all truth. And then he goes on to say, the life. Now, Jesus had been telling his disciples up to this point about his death, how he was going to die. But then now he goes and claims that he is the source of all life. So he now speaks of his authority over life and death. So Jesus tells us these things. You see, the deliverance that Jesus was about to provide was not political, was not social, which is what they wanted, but he was offering true deliverance from a life of bondage to sin and death to a life of freedom. That's what Jesus was telling his disciples because they was concerned about how do we know what to do? How do where, where do we go? He was saying, I am that way. Follow me. In the Greek, this word truth means to unhide or hide nothing. So Jesus was the absolute truth, was hiding nothing, was covering up nothing. He was the absolute truth. This right here, it conveys this thought that truth Jesus is always there, always open and available for all to see with nothing being hidden. That's what Jesus was saying when he said, I am the truth. Then in the Hebrews, it goes a little bit further. In the Hebrews, it talks about this word meaning firmness, consistency, and duration. So what he was implying is that his truth was everlasting, something that could be relied on. That's what he was saying. Jesus is truth. In a day that we look, what is true? Where can we find the truth? So before we go on and talk about the truth, let's talk about what truth is not. Truth is not simply whatever works. Truth is not something that is just simply believable or understandable. Here's an example. You can get a group of people together and they can come up with a false story. Just because that group comes together and makes up a false story does not make it truth. Truth is not what the majority says is true. Do you know that if there's 100 people and 99 people are saying something is true and it's not, it's still false. So majority doesn't rule just because the majority says that it's true. Truth is not defined by what is intended. Do you know that good intentions can still be wrong? You see, so you understand that what we think of truth, what we hear of truth, Truth is not how we know. Truth is what we know. And this one right here, truth is simply not what is believed. Do you know a lie believed is still a lie? So whenever we're trying to figure out what's true, we got to understand these things. Truth is hiding nothing. And do you know whenever we seek truth, we are seeking God. When we seek for the absolute truth, I'm talking about the absolute truth, we are seeking God. 
We live in a time where we have information available. And because of that, it is up to us Christians to dig for the truth, simply rather taking everything at face value. So many opinions and information. Let's have a little fun right now. You want to have some fun? Let's have some fun. All right. So there's this big debate going on right now of who is the greatest basketball player of all time. Okay. So throw me out some names of Michael Jordan. Who else? Okay, hold on. Babe Ruth. They're hitting. Okay, so he said Babe Ruth. I guess he could have been good at basketball one day. Sorry, Michael Jordan. Larry Bird. Larry Bird. Kobe Bryant. Okay, so LeBron James. Don't get me started. So now, so when I asked you that question, I can't believe Landon didn't answer him, Brody. I can't believe that. Y'all disappointed me. Disappointment. So when I asked you and you stated names, do you believe that's a true statement to you that you believe Larry Bird is the greatest? Well, I believe Michael Jordan is the greatest, so we both can't be right. Right. So with so many different and by the way, it's Michael Jordan, so, you know, (laughs) everybody else, that's just your opinion. But so we have different we have different opinions on what we think is true. So some of us could care. You know, we don't care about the sports. Maybe you do. Some have strong opinions and those that didn't say Michael Jordan, y'all have weak opinions. But we'll talk about that later. (laughs) But anyway, so do we just listen to someone And just go with it? Or do you truly believe what you believe as truth? There's so many times in our life that we accept things as truth, but not really knowing it's true. We accept those things. That's why it's important for us as believers to dig deeper and know what truth is. Now, we had a little fun. Let's talk about spiritual things. Let's go ahead and clear the air and make this statement that I think you all would agree. The devil is a liar. He is a liar and he tries to confuse. So he does not like you knowing the truth. He wants you debating the truth. Well, that could be. He doesn't want that. He doesn't want you knowing what the truth is. That's why we have to dig and test everything. Turn to 1 John 4.1. 1 John 4.1. 1 John 4, 1. It says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. The Bible tells us to test everything. I hope you're testing me right now in what I say. The Bible tells you to. Because why? The Bible says there's many false prophets. This false prophet means one who acting the part of a divinely inspired prophet utters falsehoods under the name of divine prophecies. The Bible warns us of False prophets, those that are coming in and acting the part, saying they are from God. He tells us 
and warns us about that. Turn to 2 Timothy 4, verse 3 and 4. It is good for us to test the things that we hear. I tell you right now, it doesn't matter for some reason um, whether it's someone who's an athlete, whether it's someone on TV, for some reason, if that per- person happens to mention God, all of a sudden that person is a Christian spokesperson or something because they mention God. That is not the case. We should test everything just because someone mentions God does not mean they're of God. So 2 Timothy verse 4 I'm sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 and 4 says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Both John and Timothy are both saying that we should test everything that you hear and the sad part about it, even those who claim to be a Christian. Amen. Even those people. We're living in a day where people are turning away from hard truth and they're turning to things that they like to hear. People today want a message that charms them and not challenges them. They want a message that entertains. That's not what we need. We don't need someone to charm us or entertain us. We need truth, even if that truth hurts our feelings. Even if that truth convicts you and convicts me. We need truth that makes us change. And repent. Yes, repent. That's Bible. In the modern church, we see many people walking away from hard truth. Do you know what the church's remedy for that is? Preach the word. To continue to preach the word. No matter if nobody wants to hear it, you continue to preach. Now let's take it down to our level. How about your family? Are we teaching our family the word? Are we digging in for our own selves at home? Are we teaching them or are we allowing the world to influence our thinking? You see, we have, we should as Christians have a biblical worldview, but we're beginning to have a worldly worldview. Because Christians have been turning away from the hard truth. Truth matters. Think about this. How do you define truth? There are many different ways. I remember back in the day, truth was truth. Now it's subjective truth. It's objective truth. It's relative truth. Back in the day, truth was truth. And Jesus says, I am the truth. But so many times we, well, it's subjective. It's subjective. No, there's an absolute truth, and that is Jesus. Some claim that truth is relative, which basically believes that there is no absolute truth. It believes that, well, if you believe it, it's true for you. If I don't believe it, it's not true for me. 
It's very popular, but it's wrong. There is an absolute truth, and his name is Jesus. It is his words. It is his Bible. Now, of course, we can make relative statements. I'll give you an example. Alan, stand up. Told Alan I was going to use it. What you got on your shirt? A Mustang. Okay, so in my, in my uh, statement, I'm going to say that I think the Ford Mustang is the coolest car made. I think it's the coolest car. That's a statement of opinion, right? Some of you are like, man, Jason, you're crazy. I'm a Chevy guy. I'm a Dodge person, whatever it is. And I'll pray for you guys. I promise you. I'm praying every single day for you, okay? But no, seriously, that's a statement I can make. I think that Mustangs are the coolest cars. I think they are. Now, I can make a statement like this. I can tell you right now that I have a white Ford Expedition sitting in the parking lot under the trees. That's either true or false, and it's true. So you can make a statement that I believe something is the coolest, but you can't really gauge what coolest is, and people have a different opinion. But I can tell you a fact my car is sitting out in the parking lot. Now, if my car was red and I said that it was white, then that was false. But I said a fact based on a fact. Even opinions are relative. When it comes to religion, many people lean to this uh, opinion of, okay, you prefer Jesus? That's fine if it works for you. But what Christians should say and what the Bible teaches is that truth is not relative, regardless of the subject matter. There is a spiritual reality and also a physical reality. God is unchanging. Jesus likened his teachings to something that is solid, doesn't move like a rock. Jesus Christ is the only way of salvation, and this is always true for every single person. That is absolute truth. These things are absolute truth. And what we'll learn from Jesus is that any pursuit of truth is a pursuit of God. Turn to John chapter 18. We're going to look at a conversation between Jesus and Pilate. John chapter 18, verses 33 through 38. John chapter 18, starting at verse number 33. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it thee of me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Yes. Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Pilate saith unto him, What is truth? 
And when he had said this, he went out again and the Jews and saith unto them, I find in him no fault at all. So Pilate makes the, the statement, what is truth? I notice a couple things in this that truth is important to Jesus. He states that what he says is true. So to Jesus, truth is important because he is the absolute truth. You know, some people are skeptical to acknowledge truth. Think about Pilate. Pilate probably heard different things about Jesus, saw different things. Uh, some things that he heard may have been true. Some may have not. He may have seen some pretty impressive stuff, but also some pretty confusing stuff that he saw. And so whenever we're trying to decide on truth and you have so many different perspectives, you too can end up asking, what is truth? You too can ask that same question. What is truth? This seems to be many people today trying to make decisions, trying to think clearly, but they're getting so many different opinions or perspectives and they begin to ask, what is truth? So pursuing truth is a big deal. And we should be happy when we're pursuing truth. Why? Because we're pursuing God. We should be happy to jump in the Bible and to pray and to pursue truth. Because whenever we pursue truth, we're pursuing God. Turn to 1 Timothy chapter 3. It's a pretty big deal for us to pursue truth. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. It says, These things write unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of what? Truth. I'm here to tell you tonight, standing up here tonight, to remind us and to charge us that we as a church, we bear responsibility and we are accountable to hold up and to stand firm on the pillar and the ground of truth truth. It is a responsibility. You've got people, whether they believe it or know it or not, that need to hear the truth. Yes, the truth is offensive, but the absolute truth and what the word of God says is what we've got to stand on. We've got to stand firm on that. I saw today and I, I, I just, I don't get it. There was a woman who is getting married to another woman. And she's a news anchor. And she said that she had been seeking God and for God's blessings on that. And that God gave her like confirmation. But, thing about it is, what truth is she 
relying on. But how many of us are guilty of not relying on the absolute truth? We take things at face value, but so many times people are giving half-truths. Guys, whether I like it or not, and whether you like it or not, what this Bible says is true. Can I understand everything? No. I don't understand how he would part the waters. In my mind, I can't grasp it, but he's God. I can't understand how they would build this massive ark. My mind cannot understand that. I can't understand how he would do all these things. I can't understand it. But by faith, I accept the word of God as truth by faith. And that's what we as believers have to do is accept this word of God, that it goes beyond our intellect. It goes beyond our thinking and accept this Bible as truth. It'll change your life. Whenever the, the, the disciples, they had questions, they had concerns, but whenever they figured out, hey, I'm following Jesus, they turned this world upside down. That's what we can do. If we will say this word of God is truth, whether I understand it all or not. And that's what we need. We can sit here all day and talk about change. We can sit here and try to figure out all these. But listen, you've got to say this word of God is truth and I'm going to express it. I'm going to share it even if I don't understand it. You know, people struggle with this word. How many of y'all understand everything in the Bible and how it works? And we don't. But by faith, we've got to accept this as the absolute truth. No matter what comes your way, no matter what new theology or whatever new way comes, no, there's only one way, and that is Jesus. He is that truth. The church is what holds up and holds firm the truth in this world. The church, let me say that again. The church, are you saved? You're part of the church. The church is what holds up and holds firm the truth in this world. We don't go by what they say is true. We go by what God says is true. Even if we are a minority, I would rather be a part of that minority. That's a good one to be a part of. And I'm going to tell you right now, we need men, we need women, we need youth to accept God's word by faith, allowing faith to go beyond your questions, beyond your doubts, beyond your belief. Go past that and accept the truth. Then we can change the world through the truth and what the truth says. I saw this. Uh, this, this story that I thought was, it just went right in with this sermon. Truth matters. Here's a story. A boat got caught in a storm and, 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 the boat and, and the boat sank. Everybody on the boat except for a young boy drowned. The boy found floating debris. He made it to the shoreline, and in the darkness, he was able to pull himself up on a large rock. 
And so for the rest of the night until he was rescued, he held on to that rock. And the waves came, the surf pounded the shore. And whenever they finally rescued him, they asked him, hey man, were you cold? Were you afraid? I mean, what made you think you could survive? He responded, it's a boy. He said, yes, I was cold. Yes, I was afraid. And yes, I wondered if I could make it. But after a while, I realized that the rock never moved. No matter how hard the wind blew, how high the waves pounded, as I held on to the rock, it never moved. So I just held on the rock. That's what we've got to do. It's to grab a hold of Jesus, the rock, and hold on to him. No matter what storms comes your way, the, 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 the waves might come high, the rain might come in, whatever. But holding on to the rock. Because you know why? The rock never moved. The rock stayed there. And so what we need today, and even in my life, man, is to hold on to the rock. Some of y'all have been holding on to the rock for a long time. But there gets a point to where you get tired. You get frustrated. And you think, man, how much longer can I hold on to this rock? I'm here to tell you to keep holding on to the rock. You might feel like you're slipping. You might feel like you're falling. You might feel tired. Don't let go of the rock. The rock's not going to move. So you don't move. No matter what's going on in your life, don't let go of the rock. Don't let go. And we look in this and some things that we need to stand on. Some foundation of truth is this. God never changes. Jesus never changes. And God's word never changes. So I guess truth matters, and where do we get the truth from? We get the truth from here. But how many of us are willing to dive in to get the truth? Jesus says that the truth is available. That he's hiding nothing. What that word means. He's not hiding anything. That's absolute truth. And so I challenge you. I challenge myself. Man, allow, allow um, a God to give you the faith to go, go past your doubts. To go past your frustrations. And know that God has this pretty amazing plan for your life. And God wants you to know truth. God wants you to know. And speaking about God's perfect design, man, God's got a pretty amazing design for all of us. And, you know, we can, we can fulfill God's purpose and design, but today if you have never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, do you know that you cannot fulfill God's purpose in your life? You know why? Because sin separates you and God. God's got this amazing plan. God wants fellowship. God wants you. But sin separates us 
from that holy God, that good, righteous God. And what does sin lead to? Heartache, troubles. And we try to have all these different help groups and try to fix it. You cannot fix your sin problem. Aside from Jesus Christ. We can try to to put on the right clothes and attend all the right classes. That's going to do nothing for your inside. The Bible tells us that we must be born again. Just like you need breath to breathe to live, you need to be born again to be in fellowship with God. So your sin leads you to all this brokenness and heartbreak. So what do you do? You turn to God through Jesus Christ. You turn to Jesus, the gospel, the death. He died for you. All the sins, they buried him. He conquered that. He resurrected, proving that he was a perfect sacrifice. God approved that sacrifice, resurrected him. And if you believe, you confess him as Lord, man, he can wipe all your sins away. Man! That should get every saved person excited that God wiped your sins away. Guess what? If you're unsaved, God can wipe your sins away tonight. All you got to do is confess him as Lord. Turn to him. Follow Jesus. Then you begin to grow and fulfill God's purpose, purpose for your life. So, in closing... Truth matters. Where we get truth from matters. But I'm going to tell you right now, here's the challenge that I believe that we're having a hard time fully committing to saying that this is absolute truth. We're having a hard time saying, man, Lord, this is absolute truth. No matter what I think, no matter what I believe or how I can figure it out. But we need some people today that says, you know what, Lord, by faith, I'm going to believe that this word of God is true. And I'm going to present the absolute truth, no matter who it offends. And the Bible says that Jesus wasn't offensive, but yet his words offended people. Why? Because he was the absolute truth. Guys, I challenge you as, as Whitney comes forward. Guys, I challenge you. Man, by faith, believe this Bible as absolute truth. If there's doubts, guess what? We all have doubts. We all have what we can uh, figure out, and sometimes we can't figure it out. But by faith today, believe this is the truth. It will change your life if you, by faith, I read an article about Billy Graham, that his ministry finally changed whenever he went to God in prayer and said, God, I don't understand everything. I can't figure out everything in this book. My knowledge goes only so far. But he said that when he told the Lord, by faith, I'm going to believe this book, he said that his ministry changed because he began to believe this as truth. And I challenge you, so all stand, please. 
Heavenly Father, it's you, Lord, that draws. It's you that convicts. I put all my trust in you, God. Draw your people to you, Father. Lord, forgive me for um, so many times doubting you. Have an unbelief, God. But I firmly say, and I, I say it today and tonight, God, that I believe this word is truth. I believe that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and we cannot get to you except through him, Father. Draw people to you, Father. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.